Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're with Mindy Crook and Darren Smith of Arch Icon Development Corporation in Woodbine, Iowa. Arch Icon specializes in historic renovation and community development projects, and it all started with a Main Street restoration in their hometown. Darren and Mindy share how they, along with Mindy's husband, Dustin, built their business and started a revitalization movement in their town. We also talk about why it's important to save our historic buildings and how that's possible and what they're doing to make Woodbine a place where their kids will want to come back to someday, just like they did. So here we go with Darren and Mindy. Okay, well, we're here today with Darren Smith and Mindy Crook of Arch Icon Development Corporation in Woodbine, Iowa. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Tell us a little bit about you. Did you both grow up in Woodbine? Um, Yes, we both did. Um, I graduated from um, Woodbine High School in 2003 and then um, went to University University. So Iowa, um, and then we moved back and um, started a business and family here in Woodbine. I'm a little bit older. I graduated <laughs> Woodbine in 1987. Uh, also went to BV in Storm Lake uh, and uh, moved back in 97 after some time in the military. So uh, the 2008, 9, 10, uh, we were, had our own businesses and then uh, joined forces when we did some of this uh, historic rehab work downtown. And then uh, um, after that, Mindy Destin and I started Arch Icon in 2010. Okay. So talk a little bit about that. How did the company start and what's the story behind that? Mindy, you can get some background on what you were doing with family um, housing construction. So uh, my husband, Dustin Scruggs, and myself, we we started um, doing some smaller um, housing development, so small flipping houses and a small two-story uh, building. Um, a little history, I guess, why we started that is I grew up in the housing development uh, business through my family. So that's kind of a, a little bit of history behind that. And then, like I said, we moved back after college, started um, fixing up some houses and selling them. And then um, we kind of got talked into, hey, you guys want to do this big project in Woodbine <laughs> and uh, get together with Darren? Um, and so I'll let Darren kind of. So about that same time, I was, uh, I'd done some grant writing and the connection was Mindy's father, Todd Heaston, uh, and I were on Woodbine Community Betterment Development Corporation together. And that's when all of the, a lot of the stimulus money after the housing uh, downfall came and the the Recovery Act money came out. And uh, so he sort of mentored me in the whole tax credit development world as far as state and federal historic tax credits. And at the, at the time, like I said, there, were, there was a ton of CDBG money, uh, Main Street, we were a Main Street uh, community and, and Woodbine was. And so all of the, the funding was there. We just needed to put together the package. So Mindy and Dustin had the construction background. Uh, and then I was learning the ropes from a development background. And that's how we came together. We started with the two cornerstone uh, buildings in Woodbine. Uh, the first we did was the old uh, Fellows building, which Mindy and Destin currently own, houses a, a restaurant in six apartments and uh, um, business office space. And then across the street, Caddy Corner, we did, after that, we did the, the Walker Corners building. It was 
a small low-income housing tax credit deal um, that we did for a local family uh, who owned the building and it needed rehab uh, really bad. Um, so those two cornerstone buildings in Woodbine led to, I guess, uh, the redevelopment of, of what we call the rest of Main Street. We, we laughed because it was kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. So, you know, you, you fix up a couple buildings and then everybody's like, hey, <laughs> we want art done now. So that, that really was exciting in, um, in town in Woodbine. So. Yeah, it was after those two then that uh, we got one of the first uh, uh, facade master plan grants from Downtown Re Revitalization Fund in, in Iowa. And we were the first to complete it. It was a uh, it touched about 25 historic buildings uh, where um, the, the facade master plan paid for half, the city paid for a quarter, and the owners paid for a quarter. It was about a million dollar cut. So um, that that was probably the biggest feather in a cap, the most demonstrable for the entire community. What did it mean to the community when you started rehabbing these old buildings and when you they started seeing new life? I think one of the biggest things that I saw was so like the Oddfellows building, you know how they all they cover these buildings up, like they close them and make the windows smaller. So when we started ripping, you know, that peeling first back peeling back the layers to see that historic integrity still there and to see well, we had a fundraiser, fire uh, the fire truck, mm -hmm. fundraiser thermos. Like it's like yeah, thermostat, the, ther the thermometer that the, shows how much, how many yeah. dollars you put. Yes, that was on the back from the. Who was that? I was buried behind. Yeah. yeah. So everybody's eyes lighting up. I think that was one of the coolest things is just seeing people's reactions. I mean, we were having almost uh, traffic crashes down on Main Street because everybody's driving by really slow. Looking. All the lucky <laughs> moves, you know. But yeah, I think it was. At first, met with a little apprehension, like, ah, oh, they'll never pull it off. Mm -hmm. And then you start peeling back the layers, and like, oh, I remember that. Because in 1975, they went around and they covered all of the, a, a lot of the historic windows were filled in, you know, with vertical siding and the, the shaped shingle awnings. <laughs> and we started taking all of that on. And, you know, especially you start doing the before and after, yeah. and they're like, wow. Um, and just talking to the owners, I mean, this building that we're in now was at the time, uh, the Woodbine Twiners building. Well, you know, a lot of small towns don't have, uh, newspapers anymore. And it worked out really well for us because they didn't want this big space. They wanted a smaller space. So we rented them space next door, saved them some money, kept them in town. At the same time, we found somebody interested in buying this building, converting it to what was an artisan art school and gallery that we then bought later um, and as our office is the old historic Hep, uh, Hep furniture store. Um, but just that transition, we called it the Chinese fire. Deal. We had <laughs> we had people moving from building to building and all of this activity going on. It was from 2008 to 2012, it was just a lot of construction. Uh, so everybody was really intrigued. And then the, the finished product, you know, you, you bring them back a restaurant, a really good restaurant, we have 32 apartments downtown, I think. And Woodbine's fortunate that way. We still got a lot of two-story buildings. Upper store housing. Uh, so we've got a lot of upper story housing. So we got 32 apartments downtown. Which are so, full. So that's, 30, <laughs> so that's 32 captive people to go spend money in your stores and stuff. Uh, and they're all full all the time. So uh, we're pretty fortunate. Yeah, that's incredible. So 
after those projects, you kind of started expanding beyond Woodbine and you've been part of some really incredible projects since then. So talk about some of those projects that you have spearheaded and been involved with. Sure. So that was 2008 to 2012 was focused mostly on Woodbine. Um, by then we'd, we'd done most everything downtown. Um, so we, uh, we, we had a connection in Omaha. In 2013, we completed our first uh, market rate development, which was building at 2401 Farm, and it's called The Junction. We named it The Junction. Um, historic building we converted into uh, um, 12 market rate apartments and commercial space right on Farnham Street. So that was our first um, smaller project in Omaha. So our because Mindy and Dustin have five kids and I have th three, one out of the house now, we kind of want to stay close to home. So we focused on the from Omaha to Sioux City area along in Nebraska and Iowa. Um, that was our first venture. And then we ended up, um, we did another affordable uh, uh, affordable apartment project called Lost on 24th. We completed in 2016 in Omaha. Um, it was a conversion, historic conversion of the old H. Thiessen Pickle Company, which was later the Garvin Meatpacking Company. Um, and then we went on up to Sioux City and did a couple of projects up there. One was the Central Annex across from the Castle on the Hill. We converted historically into an old industrial arts uh, school and uh, it kind of gone dormant for many years because it couldn't keep up with code requirements. So we converted that into 46 uh, affordable apartments. And after that, we converted the old Everett School in Sioux City into 20 affordable apartments. And I think they're maybe missing one of our bigger projects, the Flats on Howard, which was in, completed in 2016, which was a hundred and was it 155 uh, market rate apartments, um, and it was eight buildings, yeah. eight buildings. There, they were historic buildings. Um, that was a crazy and busy time. That's probably why you forgot that. It's a whole there's a whole block yes. in Omaha downtown that was sort of neglected for many years. And we started assembling properties. We were just gonna do the first two and then led to another and two. So it grew out of control really. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it took us probably three and a half years yeah. to assemble uh, eight different properties, actually 12 different historic buildings um, from a historic nomination standpoint and ended up with 155, nice. Uh, a lot of them were small studio size uh, apartments because they served the workforce back in the early uh, 1900s. It started the Murphy beds in them and, and things like that. So that's that's also downtown Omaha. Wow. So as you started to get into this trade of historic redevelopment, how did you learn the ins and outs? Because I know a lot of our listeners have these historic buildings in their towns and they want to restore them and they have ideas for them, but it's kind of overwhelming to know where to start, right? So um, how did you guys learn? We, we really lucked out and we had really good mentors um, that helped us through, um, through the kind of the process. And my husband, Dustin, he, um, he, he grew up, you know, doing, from in high school doing different construction jobs. So he learned a lot about construction and then just kind of 
dove into it, you know, you, you go in, you make, make mistakes, you learn from it. Um, but we also then, like I said, as the mentors had, uh, my dad, Todd, he said with New South Development, um, he helped a lot um, with going with the historic uh, buildings. Yeah, and like I said before, yeah, Todd, so the, Todd and Tammy, uh, Todd Heaston and Tammy Barrett, brother and sister from Woodbine, from Woodbine um, own New Style Development. Um, Tammy is retired. Uh, so Todd can be on the development side, especially the store tax credit part of it and the local housing tax credit part of it. I just, I sat in, in the back room of his office uh, and worked on applications and he was there to answer the questions that I had. It is a really difficult uh, career path to get into if you haven't done it before. So it is about making the connections. And then it's just about learning the process, you know, talk to the State Historic Preservation Office, um, talk to Main Street Iowa about all the funding mechanisms that they have, and then just learning. I had, I had, I had a background in grant writing anyway, um, but tax credit development is more than just grant writing. Um, because there's a lot of management to it and a lot of the financial side of it is, is much different uh, from a before and after a project standpoint. So we had really good mentors um, and we made good connections with the state of Iowa, Iowa Economic Development Authority, Iowa Main Street, Facebook uh, Preservation Office, and then did the same thing on the other side of the river. You know, the city of Omaha has been very good to us, um, the SHPO office in Nebraska, yeah. and they, they now have a state historic tax credit program as well. Um, and then the Iowa Finance Authority uh, for, for low-income housing tax credits and the Nebraska Investment Finance Authority for, for their low-income housing tax credits. So it just takes time to build that network. We, 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 look, we had many people come to us from other communities and still do, you know, looking at what we did in Woodbine and how we did it. And we convey as much as we can, but it's extremely difficult to teach somebody um, how to do it. Um, it's kind of just, you have to just learn it on your own or have access to somebody who has the time and the ability to just sit down with you and walk you through all of the steps. And, and I just want to add to that. It is persistence because it took us three years to get our first um, long-term housing tax credit project in, in Nebraska. So it, it's not, it's not, I guess easy and you can't give up. You really have to have that attitude of, okay, we're gonna make this work. And and sometimes, like I said, we always laugh in this business. It's a lot of up and down. <laughs> um, one minute it's at a low, and the next minute it's at a high. So yeah, it's a roller coaster. It is. And we still, I mean, it's it's becoming more and more competitive too because mm -hmm. more and more people are interested in doing it. And as it has done more, especially in rural communities. Uh, like you say, you go to a Jefferson or you go to, you know, any any community with a lot of historic buildings, be it Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Dubuque, um, you see a lot of it happening, but there's only so much money to go around. So rural definitely struggles because we can't compete um, from a, in a lot of ways with what um, Des Moines and the larger cities have. So that's, that's always a challenge, but you keep fighting and make good connections at the state level. That's good. So do you guys pick your projects or can someone approach you and say, I would really like you to come here? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Um, we've picked most of our projects, but we've also been thrown into, I mean, like I said, Mindy's 
we got volunteers to do some things that were that were all very good and, and good for the community, both here and in other communities. Um, but uh, if if anybody, we like to pick. yeah, we, we we like to pick. But if anybody comes to us and has a good project, um, we'll, we'll we'll work with them. And we we started working more with nonprofits, mostly service oriented nonprofits for the homeless and you know I guess the underserved in, in larger communities. So we've done that as well. Um, the, the biggest the biggest I guess uh, hip hill we got to climb with that when people come to us with projects. It's, it's, we have to have the right size because you, it's hard, it is hard to do a small number of units. Everything starts to make sense. By yeah, nature. it has to make, make sense. And that's, that's the issue in small towns, especially is, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're apartment developers or housing developers. We don't, we've done commercial space. We did uh, a lot of commercial space in Woodbine, but we're from Woodbine. So it was a little bit easier for us to manage those types of projects to go into another community and to make the numbers work, um, especially rural Iowa. You know, apartment rents in Omaha are, you know, $1.50 a square foot, say. Um, so you can get, you know, $1,200 for a two-bedroom apartment in the old market or better. In Woodbine, you're still at $750 tops. Um, so, but it still costs just as much to convert that that into an apartment in Woodbine as it does in Omaha, if not more, because the access to uh, construction. the construction trades is, is limited. So financially, rural Iowa is more difficult to, to develop than uh, than the urban areas, uh, depending on the funds that are available. But we're not saying don't do it yes. because we love rural Iowa. Yeah. Um, and that it's just a little more challenging. So just be ready to be persistent and I guess we, we all watch nothing new we all have to work harder in rural Iowa to get what we want and to make it happen which we all know so that's a good thing though I mean just you know it, rural areas all come together better than urban markets a lot of times and support what needs to be done especially make it happen. the history of our main street so yeah why is it important that we save our historic buildings well, we love from a financial perspective, <laughs> you, if you tear it down, it's yeah. going to cost you more to rebuild and it has no significance to the community. And at least you'll rebuild that history over time. But, you know, the buildings that we have now, the odd fellows building, you know, there's one in, in many towns or any building. The that, icons in the yeah. downtown that you can't rebuild that. You, you can't have that design aspect into new construction buildings because it costs too much. And so you lose, oh, well, that's how I feel. I guess we lose that historic integrity um, to our main streets. I mean, And the construction quality of those old brick buildings are better than what, what is typically built today um, because of the cost. Um, and um, we have the state and federal historic tax credits available in Iowa to use to, uh, to I guess, preserve those buildings. It's just learning and knowing how to do that versus tearing a perfectly good building down, even though it might be old, um, you end up with, you know, God forbid, a Morton building on Main Street. Right, yes. <laughs> so you obviously started out in Woodbine, but you have expanded well beyond Woodbine. 
at the same time, you've chosen to keep your business in your town, your small town. So what does it mean to have your business operate out of Woodbine? Well, it means, it means a lot. It means everything. You know, part of what we're doing in Woodbine is, is, you know, we were fortunate to be able to come back after leaving for college and other, other jobs or careers. We were fortunate to be able to come back and be able to make a living and raise a family here. Not everybody can do that, but that's what we're trying to do in Woodbine is provide the jobs and businesses that will allow for our kids to come back someday. So I know you're familiar, we're working on this cruise center. Um, it's a wellness center, but also a STEM center in partnership with the school and the city. You know, we're bringing back the executive director of this building as, as from Woodbine originally. So our goal in all that we do in Woodbine is really it's an economic development thing that provides jobs and the ability for our young people to come back and live here. Um, because the quality of life, I mean, we can drive 45 minutes to downtown Omaha. I, it takes half an hour to get to downtown Omaha, West Omaha, and this is a quiet piece of drive from Woodbine. So between that quality of living, the safety and security that we have in Woodbine, um, the school, um, the closeness of the community, I mean, you know, uh, small towns are, and we're finding with the pandemic that people are wanting to get out of the city. They're wanting to move back. We've had tons of requests for apartments, uh, for new housing that we can't fill right now. So we're working on expanding our housing market in that way as well. And and from a, I guess, standpoint as um, for me, um, it, it's nice to be able to have your kids be able to work, you know, downtown our main street, have your kids go to school and have them knowing that, you know, they walk by our office every day and being able to see that, I mean, running your own business is a lot of work and a lot of hours, but it's nice that we are so close to, you know, home that you can go run up into a junior high game <laughs> or um, a sporting event and then come back down to our office. I mean, not have to drive all the way to Omaha um, to do that. So I think that's, that's another plus. Like he said, it, a lot of it just goes back to, we want to make Woodbine better. And I know we're biased because we're from Woodbine. <laughs> we love Woodbine, uh, but we, we want to, we want, our kids to move back. We want our alumni to move back. Um, small businesses, everything in rural Iowa. I, I mean, I think. And so to have to have our own business on Main Street, um, it was a great accomplishment. I guess I feel. Yeah. And we feel that way about all small communities. I mean, we're we're pretty closely tied with Dunlap. Um, Liz Houston, who works in our office, is from Dunlap. We our accountants are from Dunlap. We've done work in Dunlap. So any, I mean. Small towns have to support each other as well. I mean, we have to think regionally to some extent, but uh, um, so anytime we can support a small community, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Tell us about Woodbine and what makes life so great there. I would say that we- I think we're a very active community. Active, we're pretty progressive. I mean, we're like any community. There's a, you know, there's a- a variety in the population who some people like small towns just being small towns and, and the way they've been yep. for a long time uh we're fortunate we've got a lot we're we're the only school in the county that's not been consolidated yet um our school enrollment is growing uh, albeit slightly it's growing um which is uh not generally the case in small towns especially in western iowa um 
And we look at those things from an economic development standpoint where, you know, we get $6,500 from the government per student, you know, uh, for enrollment. So bringing back those people and growing the population and providing the services. So what led us to this, uh, this crew center that we're, we're building right now is community recreation, education, and wellness uh, for the community of Woodbine and the surrounding town, Harrison County. Harrison County doesn't have anything like it. Um, but I think Woodbine too also has a spirit of can-do attitude. Um, and we, I mean, look back in 2010 when we started becoming a, or 2008 when we started becoming a Main Street community, we have a group of volunteer base that just kind of come out and and really work hard to to make things happen. I mean, like I said, it started back back in 2007, 2008. Um, that's really made Woodbine what it is today. Um, and I, and then we still have that strong volunteer base that we're not done. I mean, we, we could have been done doing the main street, but we're not, now we're doing the cruise center. We're not done after the cruise center because now we're working on, you know, housing development because we have heart. We don't have any houses for people to come move to Woodbine. Um, like our housing market, every house that comes up here lately has just been sold in a couple of days. Um, so there's kind of like that, I don't know what you want to call it. Like it's that hidden gem, <laughs> um, that we feel, you know, 45 minutes is, 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 yeah, it's a drive to Omaha, but we kind of like that it's 45 minutes from Omaha because, you know, it's kind of that decompression time. People can drive back. Um, you still get that small town, uh, feeling that you can raise your kids in. And then yet you can still, I mean, look what we're going through now with the whole pandemic people working from home. So um, I think we're going to see a change in, in our demographics too, because I think a lot of people are going to want to get out of the city into those rural communities, which is really going to benefit. Um, it's really going to benefit a lot of rural communities. Yeah, and I think Woodbine has probably uh, more leadership that has a community development background than, than most small communities between the school, the city, um, the businesses that we have in town, we're, we're focused on community development, not just, you know, getting up and going to work every day, but knowing that we have to do other things for the community to keep it going. So um, there are lots of different things going for Woodbine that we're fortunate to have. Yeah. And you mentioned this a little bit, but you are working as a community. You want this to be a place where your kids want to come back to, where they want to live and have jobs. What is your community doing to set itself up for that? So the STEM center, I think, is a big, a big piece of this. Um, it's well, we have a construction trades program, which is really good too. Right. Um, yeah. So the school is working to do whatever it can to teach and train the kids to be able to be employed right out of high school or soon after high school as possible in, in the vocational field. Um, using it through our STEM program. It could be code. We have a construction trades program that does a lot of house building in town, teaches our kids how to build houses. Um, so it just gives them the opportunity to find employment um, soon after high school without the college debt that they would have if they went to school for four years, um, not knowing what kind of job they're going to get in this crazy pandemic type work environment that we have. Um, we have three, I mean, we have Tommy Gate, Woodbine Manufacturing, uh, Tommy Gate, Tommy Lift Gate, if you look around 
Um, we have a good base of employers in Woodbine manufacturing. We have uh, Tommy Liftgate, uh, Woodbine Manufacturing, Grotto Holdings uh, employs uh, 85 to 100 people. They're a pharmaceutical company. Uh, we have Rose Vista, who is our, uh, our local uh, nursing and elder care facility, and they employ close to 100 people. So we have a good base of employment. Um, we've got a lot of people that come into Woodbine every day and commute. So well, we have a lot of alumni. Well, our restaurant owner, um, he's an alumni from Woodbine. I, I think I, we always have room for improvement, obviously. I mean, that that is a thing that we probably, you know, what's next? Well, how do we get, how do we create jobs, you know, more jobs here in Woodbine than what we already have? But I, I think um, our students are are getting excited. They, they see, you know, like how we hired the alumni for the executive director. Their crew center really, um, I mean, people are excited for job, the jobs up there because that'd be an awesome place to work. Um, but like I said, I think, I think we have room for improvement on it. On it. Yeah, we we definitely. I mean, we have demand for more jobs that we can't fill uh, because we oh, need wow. the higher skilled labor and because we lack housing to, to put people in. So that's what we're working on. You know, uh, just how do we get the people to the town that can fill the jobs that are available? And you know, part of that, you know, part of that is even daycare. So mm -hmm. the cruise center is going to have the building blocks yeah. academy, Montessori style. Daycare facility that Woodbine doesn't have. I mean, we've got people that commute to Woodbine to work, but they have to go to another town to drop the kids off before they come to Woodbine because we don't have all of the daycare needs. Because the daycare is full. So we have all of the same challenges that many small, small towns have. Um, we're just kind of systematically picking off the, uh, the low-hanging fruit as far as overcoming those challenges. Right. I will add, too, that one thing I noticed in visiting Woodbine that's super attractive is you do have this main street that is awesome, but you have all of the key things that people look for in a community they want to move to. You have a great local restaurant, you have a coffee shop, you know, these different things that a hardware store. So I think you've done a great job of paying attention to that and creating the things that, and maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it just all worked out that way, but that, that people are looking for when they move to a small town. Yeah, that we, some of that is thanks to Main Street, Iowa. Um, we became a Main Street community back in, I think it was like 2008, but just their guidance. You know, when we had, when we first became a Main Street community, we had a lot of vacancies downtown um, and they helped us sort of identify based on markets, the things that, I mean, you know that you need, but you don't know how to make them happen. So, you know, we added back a dental clinic. Uh, we rebuilt um, we we rebuilt the Allegiant Clinic, uh, which now is CHI Health Clinic. Um, we we kept our hardware store. We still have our grocery store, which a lot of small towns lose. We brought back the restaurants. Uh, now we have two. At the time, we had none. Uh, so, it, Main Street Iowa helped us helped us. I guess, just determine what we needed and how to figure out how to get it. But I think some of that, the attraction to get those businesses back were the historic buildings like you were talking about. I mean, having that space that looks, you know, that the wood floors, the tall ceilings, you know, all of that, I think excited people to, I want to open a business up in Woodbine. 
Um, but we also, um, and I'm going to be again biased. I think we have we have like one of the we have the best uh, Woodbine Main Street director Deb Sprecher that she has put in hours and hours and hours um, into making a lot of this stuff happen in Woodbine. So I I have to put that. Yeah, she's all things Woodbine, and mm -hmm. and she she overlaps. She's worked for the school and does a lot of grant writing for multiple organizations in town. So uh, yeah, she kind of is the glue that holds things together, <laughs> brings things together, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Deb is amazing. And anyone who visits Main Street Woodbine will see how impressive all the work that all of you have done is. So, well, what's next for you guys and for Arch Icon? Yeah, wow. <laughs> we ask that question too, right? It changes daily. Um, we have projects going right now. Um, we're finishing up stuff in, in Omaha, some projects that we're completing here in Omaha. And we're always looking for new ones. We have a couple in the pipeline um, that we're working on that we'll be starting um, in the next fall and spring. Um, we, we, we have a pipeline. Like that's what we kind of we kind of talk about is lot, we have to line up projects um, like three or four usually because sometimes they can take two, one, two, three years to get um, some of the projects construction ready. Um, so we have a couple in Omaha. And yeah, we just Sioux finished City. up. We just finished up construction on 44 apartments in South Omaha with, in partnership with the Nebraska Urban Indian Health Coalition. That's Eagle Heights. Eagle Heights. Uh, we're finishing up construction on 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 another one later this year. Uh, 150 mm -hmm. apartments, and then we we just started this spring uh, another garage lots, which is our our own that we're, we're going to own 30 apartments, but it's a larger uh, three and four bedroom uh, family apartments in downtown Omaha, which you don't often find because it's, you know, mostly the smaller apartments for singles or, or couples. Um, but, you know, just the academics that this provided downtown, there's not a lot of space for families. So that's being done at 24th and, and Howard near where we completed uh, the Howard, the, the flats in Howard. Um, so then we've got other plans for Sioux City and we've got other, a couple more yeah. proposed for Omaha. It's just now lining up the funding. We're always looking for historic buildings to redo, but those are becoming more difficult to find. Um, so yeah, we try to look a couple of years out to make sure we've got work lined up, but things change quickly. I mean, just Your the, projects just pop up. Just the pandemic, you know, <laughs> buildings are empty now. What's going to happen with housing, you know, evictions? How do you, how do you uh, I guess, mitigate all of those things? So it's, it's pretty dynamic at this point. Yeah. So how do we follow along and keep up with all the projects and new things you have going on? Info at archicon.com. Arch you can get that off our website too. Yeah. I'll link to that in the show for, notes. For sure. general inquiries and then our contact information is on our website and it shows the projects that we've done and gives you an idea of kind of the kind of projects, projects that we do focused on community development. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. That's great. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, so thanks what's, for what, doing what you do because, yeah. I mean, rural Iowa is, you don't, you don't ever, you don't, I guess we don't get the props that, that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of small businesses and great things that I think happen in rural Iowa. So that's, thank you for doing what you do. 
Well, I love the ripple effect that has come from what the Arch Icon team started with those few Main Street buildings and hearing how their business has evolved over the years. Be sure to check out the show notes to see the amazing transformations of the projects they've worked on, including Woodbine's Main Street. I trust you're super inspired from today's episode and probably have a handful of people you know would love to hear it. So go ahead and text them the link and leave us a kind review while you're at it so we can keep spreading the rural revival message far and wide. And stay tuned in with us on Instagram and Facebook at Rural Revival Co. to keep updated on this podcast and all things rural revival related. And we'll catch you next time on the Rural Revival Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.